WebCityOnline.com, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a weekly series of interviews with people making news around the McKeesport area. Produced by Tube City Community Media Incorporated, a nonprofit corporation. I'm Jason Toger, the Executive Director. On this show, we talk one-on-one with elected officials, community leaders, and others who are trying to make a difference in the Monoc area. And we also take your questions and comments on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. Since 2008, Allegheny County has experienced an increase in opioid overdoses. 422 deaths reported in 2015 just in Allegheny County from heroin and also from opioid and opiate-based painkillers. The statistics are very sobering, if you'll pardon the expression, and uh, Allegheny County... Council District uh, Number Nine, which includes uh, most of our Mon Valley area, is uh, unfortunately one of the top in in the county in terms of the number of deaths we have per one thousand population. Uh, both Jefferson Regional Hospital and Forbes Regional Hospital and UPMC McKeesport all reporting increases in the number of uh, heroin and opiate overdoses that they are treating in their emergency rooms. Our guest uh, this morning is someone who unfortunately knows all too well uh, the tragedy that this causes in the criminal justice system. He is. United States Attorney David J. Hickton. He is the U.S. Attorney for the Western District of Pennsylvania. Good morning, Attorney Hickton. How are you doing? I'm okay. Uh, the, the statistics here, you, you, as we're talking, you are just coming back from talking to a, a group of doctors at Nemecolon Woodlands about this very topic, I understand. And um, last week, uh, well, the week of uh, September 19th, uh, I, I don't know if, if we want to say it was celebrated, but we marked um, National Prescription Opioid and Heroin Awareness Week, uh, 2016. Um, what did you talk to the doctors at Nemecolin about? Well, today we were talking about a lot of things. The doctors are a very important piece of the equation, and it's very important to spend a lot of time with them because doctors go into their profession to help people. Mm-hmm. And we don't want the doctors to feel as a profession that they are the, the villain here. But there are some bad doctors, and there's no doubt that the prescribing patterns and the volume of prescription pills have contributed tremendously to the problem of the opioid epidemic we face, not only here in western Pennsylvania, but across the country. As and uh, we have... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, as, as, and, and uh, pardon me for interrupting you, as, we were, as I was sitting here, we were, I was getting ready for this conversation, something popped up in my uh, news feed, and it's a story, and it's supposed to be a joke uh, from The Onion, which I think most people know is a satirical newspaper, but it was just posted at The Onion's website that uh, it's about a small town in, in Indiana that supposedly, uh, uh, the headline is, Small Town Wonders What Taking Heroin Epidemic So Long to Get There. Um, and the joke, which is not really a joke, is that, you know, it, virtually every town across the United States at this point is now coping with, with, with these deaths and with these overdoses. Yeah, look, we have the perfect storm or imperfect storm or the bad news, the hurricane maybe, of the convergence of excessive use of prescription pills. And the one data point I would offer is that we had uh, in the last year recorded almost 300 million prescriptions of opioids. That's almost one for every person. I was going to say that's about the population of the United States. It is. And then we as a country, which is 5% of the world's population, consume 99% of the world's opioids. And so we've had 500,000 people die from drug poisoning since 1999. 50,000 in the last year recorded were the same amount as uh, the war in Vietnam took. Huh. And uh, we, this says passed as of 2009, uh, auto accidents are the leading, leading cause of accidental death. And the reason 
is a perfect storm is because prescription pills and the prescribing patterns and the use of prescription pills are so proliferate in this country and in this region that the opportunistic drug dealers we face in the cartels are watching our prescribing patterns and they are flooding regions of the country, including western Pennsylvania, with the cheapest, most potent heroin we've ever seen, 5 to $7 a bag. So if a person gets addicted to pills, but, so, either yeah. lawfully or through diversion, uh, they are on the way to the road to hell, which is about a $200 day habit. Eventually, they're going to have a choice whether they commit crime to sustain their habit or they go to street heroin, which is about uh, 25% of the cost. And that's the inevitable trek of an opioid addict today. David Hickton is the United States Attorney for the Western District of Pennsylvania. You can get uh, information, including uh, media updates, by going to the Justice Department website, justice.gov slash USAO slash PAW. And we're talking about uh, heroin and opiate uh, addiction. Let's, I think it might be helpful for some of our listeners to kind of define w- um, some of the things that are going on. What are we talking about when we're talking about an opioid or an opiate-based prescription drug? Well, we're talking about a highly potent painkiller. Uh, and, you know, oxycodone, oxycotton are the names of some of the, uh, some of them. Uh, Vicodin is another if you okay. go into the hydrocoding family. But they are highly potent pain pills that have just become um, ever-present. Uh, at some point, doctors were forced to deal with the fifth vital sign, which was pain, sure. which is subjectively assessed by the patients. The drug companies flooded the country with these pills. And they're out in society, and we have a, you know, we basically have a society where everyone believes that there is a pill for every pain, emotional, physical, or otherwise. Now, it's just a recipe for disaster. Attorney Hickman, if I can interrupt you for a minute, there are some legitimate uses. What are some possible legitimate uses that that someone might be prescribed one of these? Oh, sure. I mean, under doctor's supervision for a short period of time, opioids could be legitimately used. Cancer pain, for instance, or surgery recovery sometimes? Correct. Yeah. Correct. But no one should be on an opioid for a long-term prescription, so that's one clue. And what we're learning is that many people don't know how to discard these opioids when they use them, and they're being diverted. Most people get 55% in the last numbers I saw got their first opioid pill from a family member or friend. Good grief. not prescribed for them. Is, is fentanyl also the fentanyl patch that sometimes people are prescribed? Is that also part of the same family of drugs? It's same family, but much more potent. Fentanyl is for late-stage cancer and end-of-life pain under strict doctor supervision. First okay. came out as a patch, and now it's being uh, replicated as synthetic fentanyl being sent here from China. And you may have heard the news about carfentanil, which is even more powerful than that. It's basically an elephant uh, tranquilizer. And you know, for your listeners, it's counterintuitive to us who are logical and not in the throes of addiction to understand why someone want to take something that could kill them. Uh-huh. But to understand the opioid epidemic, you have to understand that the opioid addict's brain has been hijacked. Sure. They've lost all means to protect themselves. Their sole pursuit is to get these drugs the same way you or I would eat, drink, or breathe air. And that's what happens. We've had some addiction counselors uh, on the program uh, here talking about alcohol addiction and, and drug addiction, and that's something they've all discussed is that, you know, the, the, the almost cliche is that addiction is a disease, but it is because, as you said, it kind of it changes the chemistry of the brain. It changes the chemistry of your body. Your body suddenly, which never wanted heroin or, or, or oxycodone before, all of a sudden has a need for it, has a, has a, has a, can cause you physical pain that you're withdrawing from it. 
Yeah, we all have dopamine receptors in our brain, which basically are sort of the animal part of our brain, which help regulate the need to eat and the need to sleep and the need to procreate. And they're pleasure sensors in the brain. And depending on how we're wired in our genetic code, basically how we're born, which is why you should never really blame addicts, uh, some people have the ability to produce natural endorphins, which are sort of synthetic uh, opioids produced by our body. And you hear such things as the runner's high, where people can actually uh, get a sensation of, 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 of exhilaration when they run. Well, that's sort of the same thing going on. And then other people, just simply by the way they're built, don't have the same ability to do that. And the doctors explained to me that the, these people are particularly vulnerable to opioid addiction. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, I want to ask you about um, uh, some of the challenges of, of getting the illicitly obtained prescription drugs off the street and also um, so, some of the challenges you mentioned that prosecution is, is not the only answer. It's kind of the end step. And, and ask you about what are some of the steps that are being taken right now to keep these drugs out of the hands of people who are not supposed to get them, Okay. Okay. U.S. Attorney David Hickton is our guest. Uh, we'll be back in 60 seconds. You're listening to Radio 81 WEDO. 1550 WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel. Internet Radio, WMCK.FM and TubeCityOnline.com. We'll be right back. Support for this broadcast comes in part from the McKeesport Hospital Foundation, celebrating 36 years of supporting community health programs and services for you and your family. The foundation works with UPMC McKeesport as well as through the Mon River Fleet Partnerships in Braddock, Clareton, Duquesne, and McKeesport. If you would like to make a donation to the McKeesport Hospital Foundation or find out more about it, visit mckhospitalfoundation.com or call 412-664-2590. City Online has reached a critical point in our history where we need to raise money from the public to continue providing information both online and on the radio. If you can help by making a donation, we would very much appreciate it. Go to our website, TubeCityOnline.com, and click the Donate button. And thanks for supporting independent media in the Monoc area. U.S. Attorney David Hickton is our guest this morning. We're talking about... Prescription opioid addiction and awareness of the problem that uh, prescription opioids flooding uh, Western Pennsylvania and the entire country and also leading, as Attorney Hickton said, to heroin addiction in many cases. Overdosefreepa.org is one place uh, where you can go for information. Um, When we took the break, I I asked you... (laughs) I I don't even know where to begin. One thing that struck me, uh, Allegheny County, the... uh, Health Department and um, the Medical Examiner's Office over the summer put out a report here. And one thing that is very striking to me, and, and just dealing with Allegheny County at this point, and I know the Western District of Pennsylvania is more than just Allegheny, but this is not a white problem or an African-American problem. It's not a poor problem or a wealthy problem. It is literally every single census tract in Allegheny County um, is reporting heroin and overdose deaths. There are a couple where there are kind of hot spots, they call them, uh, but it really is uh, every one of the river valleys, it's wealthy suburbs, it's poor suburbs. This really, when they say it's a nationwide epidemic, they're not kidding, are they? It's really bad. It's everywhere, and almost everybody knows someone has been affected by it. So what we're trying to do is really sharpen our law enforcement work. We've tripled the number of prosecutions we've brought. We're really doing a better job with intelligence sharing and working with and local partners. We've improved our health care fraud because one additional problem is the American taxpayer pays for a lot of these pills through diversion and improper uh, use of uh, Medicare and Medicaid 
to get the pills, and we're working very hard on that. Uh, but we're also, you know, just doing the best we can to get the message out there. The best thing people can do is never take these drugs. One, that's, there was a story, I think, in the Associated Press last week um, where, where they mentioned one of the issues is that people who are prescribed a, a, an opiate-based painkiller or an opioid-based painkiller, such as oxycodone or oxycontin, uh, a lot of times you know, it's after surgery or, or they've had some serious accident, and they start to feel better after six or seven or eight days, and then they don't, but they have a 28-day or a 30-day prescription, so it goes up into the medicine cabinet, and then the grandson or the granddaughter or a niece or a nephew or a neighbor or a brother or sister gets access to that pill, and then, then it goes and is sold on the street. That's what happens. I told the doctors today if there was one thing they could do immediately, it's ask a history so that if a person goes in and they have themselves or a family member who's had a problem with addiction, the doctor should be on guard about whether they prescribe and for how long any opioids. And I think it would be helpful if patients did the same thing. If you or a member of your family, your extended family, has ever had a problem with any type of addiction, if you have the potential to be an addiction candidate or addiction sufferer because of family history, you've got to be very, very careful taking opioids. They should only be taken under doctor supervision and never for 28 days or for 80 days. It's I, I, just not, not a good idea. I, I, from the same Associated Press story, though, I, I saw that there is some resistance from both the drug companies and from certain groups that would, we would think of as patient advo- advocacy groups, such as the American Cancer Society, to limiting those prescriptions from 28 days or 30 days down to 7 days or, or 10 days or 14 days. Why, why is that? What is your response to that? Because they well, the say drug companies make money. The sure. drug companies make money prescribing these, and most doctors tell me you should never be on opioids for a long period of time and they cause side effects and you shouldn't you should do that but there is a view and some doctors that we have pills available to treat pain pain is the fifth vital sign and it's barbaric to not give people medicine for pain but we're not supposed to relieve pain and create another problem which can kill them so that's that's really why that's a false choice you can take pain for short periods of time under doctor pain medication for short period of time under doctor supervision there are alternatives that are not opioid-based, and opioids should be a last resort, not a first resort. U.S. Attorney David Hickton uh, is our guest uh, this half hour. He uh, is the obviously the United States Attorney for uh, the Western District of Pennsylvania, but he's been on the road uh, for the week of September 19th um, talking to different groups, student groups, union groups, hospitals, doctors, everyone he can about um, the problems caused by addictions to opioids and opiate-based painkillers. I want to mention, by the way, if uh, you're listening to this and you have an unused prescription, and you came out of the hospital and had oxycodone, Oxycontin, whatever. Um, there are a couple of places in the Mon Valley area where you can take them and have them disposed of. One of them is uh, UPMC McKeesport and the Shaw Building. If you go to the outpatient pharmacy at uh, UPMC McKeesport Hospital, they will dispose of them safely and keep the drugs off the street. Also, McKeesport Prescription Center at the corner of Versailles and Evans Avenue uh, will take those uh, unused painkillers off the street and make sure that they do not get into uh, the wrong hands. Actually, if you call the Allegheny County Health Department and you're not in the Mon Valley area, they would also tell you where you can dispose of them, including at the Allegheny County Health Department. What happens? Somebody, so somebody gets addicted to these pills, which are, are very expensive, and then they can't get the prescription anymore, or they can't afford the prescription anymore, and then they 
turn to heroin? Is that is that the, the path that a lot of well, people yeah, end up themselves up on? The, the local police tell me that almost 100% of the crime locally, whether it's robberies, home invasions, uh, retail theft, is uh, related to the opioid crisis. Good grief. And so a person has a Hobson's choice. They have to decide whether they're going to commit crime to fund a $200 a day habit or whether they want to go down to $50 a day and start putting a needle in their arm. And that's what happens. And we've seen with the with the the needle sharing, we we saw a few years ago uh, an, an epidemic arise in the rate of HIV and AIDS transmission. So it just ripples through the economy, through the criminal justice system, and through the public health system. Yeah, there's secondary harm that comes from it. AIDS and hepatitis are yeah. two of the most prominent problems. Infection is a huge problem as well. Uh, we do a lot of work in the area of harm reduction, and that's an area where the public has to open their eyes to the fact that it seems to some like we're sponsoring drug use when we have needle exchanges and things like that. But that's that's just totally wrong. Um, we have got to make sure that when we know someone is addicted, we treat them as, as sick. Mm-hmm. This is the only illness where a person is subjected to shame and stigma, and we don't treat it. We you know, we, we, we try to prosecute it. So in the federal government, we don't prosecute addicts. We prosecute drug traffickers. We're interested in cross-jurisdiction, multinational transactions, trying to get the worst of the worst and the really bad guys. In, in state court, there are drug courts. Mm-hmm. And so it is necessary sometimes even for an addict to be prosecuted because if they don't go to jail, they may die. Uh-huh. And enlightened courts are using drug courts to divert people to treatment instead of putting them in prison where they... They can just get worse. But, uh, you know, wh- one thing that is important to say is addiction, while it must be recognized as a disease, is preventable and treatable. When I started in 2010, people had the view that if you were a heroin addict, you were doomed. That's simply not true. Okay. It's very hard recovery, but you can recover. But the best way is, is, is and again, it almost sounds like a cliche, is not to start in the first place. Yeah, I mean, one of the most important things your listeners could do would be to pull up the video Chasing the Dragon, which was co-produced by the FBI and the DEA. This is a video I've been taking around all week to some you of the high schools. Sh- you showed it to several high schools uh, in our area, Plum Borough. I think uh, you were out there at Plum Senior High School. South it, Fayette. Yeah. At South Fayette. In Avonworth, the superintendent sent it to all the parents. Okay. Um, it's on YouTube, but, you know, I think every parent and every student should watch it. It's very graphic. It's very difficult to watch. 49 minutes long. But it's, it's really but for the upper grade levels and for, for adults, correct? It is. It is. Okay. With, with those kids, we have to identify people who are addicted and stop people from getting addicted. But then we're reaching back further with younger kids to make them understand what, what the dangers are. There's a great program through the FBI called the HOPE program that started in Norwin High School, Okay. where through social media the students are creating public service announcements. So they're engaged, own the problem, and they own it over the medium by which they communicate. You know, I'm old enough to remember the, the TV ad, this is your brain, this is yeah. your brain on drugs. <laughs> Me too. fairly effective. Mm-hmm. The trouble is nobody really watches TV anymore. Ah. And uh, the experts tell me 80% of the millennials talk to each other through social media. Sure. So yep. we're trying to approach them where they talk and let them have ownership of the solution to this problem. I, I want to talk to you a little bit about more about those solutions, and I also want to ask you where some of the illegal drugs are, are coming into the uh, Western District. But before I do that, I want to ask you what I think is kind of a stupid question, I, but 
maybe, as Doug Hurth used to say, there is no such thing if you don't know the answer. When I was a kid, I can remember uh, doctors prescribing Tylenol with codeine, for instance, and sometimes you even there was codeine-based cough syrup. What, what has happened? What changed that this Oxycontin and Oxycodeine and, and fentanyl, are, are they just much more potent, or, or what, what happened? Well, uh, there was a report just today that codeine is not appropriate for children. So we did that, you know, not knowing what the dangers were. Uh-huh. Um, but I think as, as uh, drug manufacturers have found the need to have more and plentiful products, they make spectacular sums of money, and sometimes they do great things. But in this area, in the area of opioid prescribing, there's just way too many pills out there, and they're far too potent. And they're being distributed without supervision, and then they are being diverted to people who were not originally intended to get them. So yeah. the typical case today in this epidemic is a kid in high school who may tear his ACL or have a sports-related injury. Okay. And will get, instead of a three-day uh, prescription with direct doctor, doctor supervision, a, 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 a canister or a, a, a bottle of 80 pills. Sure. Okay. Now, if that child is susceptible to addiction, they're done. They're off to the races. If they follow the doctor's orders and they have 77 pills left and they put them in the medicine cabinet or they uh, foolishly give them to one of their friends or the homes for sale, and, and, and we learned from yep. the realtors that during open houses, people are going in the medicine cabinets. I mean, <laughs> Goodness an sakes. unused bottle of opioids should be in a locked safe. Or it should be disposed of, or it should be disposed of at one of the uh, pharmacies that is willing right. to take them, including uh, UPMC McKeesport Pharmacy will dispose of, of unused opioids, McKeesport Prescription Center, and the Allegheny County Health Department. We have one more sixty well, second. Another great leader in this area is the Allegheny County Sheriff Bill Mullen. Who's oh, the sheriff will take them too. Okay, sheriff, he has a program that has the acronym DUMP. DUMP. Most pharmacies, <laughs> okay. yeah, most, pharmacies, most pharmacies will take them. Okay. Most pharmacies will take them if you just take them in there. And what they do is they incinerate them. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if, if everybody was listening were to just do two things, watch Chasing the Dragon and then spend a little time on overdose3pa.org, if we could get everyone in western Pennsylvania to do that tomorrow, we would be in great shape. U.S. Attorney David Hickton is our guest for a few more minutes. We're talking about the opiate and opioid crisis in uh, the United States, but specifically uh, here in our western Pennsylvania area. We're going to take one more 60-second break. We have you for just a few more minutes. You're listening to Radio 81 WEDO, 1550 WZUM in the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel, WMCK.FM Internet Radio, and TubeCityOnline.com. We'll be back for a final few. Support for this broadcast comes in part from the McKeesport Hospital Foundation. Since 1976, the foundation has addressed key concerns that affect our good health, as well as our education, social needs, recreation, safety, and security. The foundation partners with UPMC McKeesport and other agencies to eliminate barriers to all services for all residents of the Mon Valley. Visit mckhospitalfoundation.com or call 412-664-2590. And we're back for a final few with uh, United States Attorney David Hickton. Uh, OverdoseFreePA.org, one place for you to go to get more information. And also, uh, if you go on YouTube and look for the film Chasing the Dragon, which was done by the FBI and the DEA, uh, explains uh, it is not for the squeamish, and uh, it's probably for uh, older teenagers and adults. Uh, probably not for 
the little kids. Uh, Attorney Hickton, uh, before we took the break, one of the things I wanted to ask you about is, you know, people progress from the prescription-based pills that they are using incorrectly to street drugs such as heroin. Where is the heroin coming into western Pennsylvania from right now? Well, I'd be oversimplifying the problem, but generally it's coming from Mexico and it comes to western Pennsylvania through the highway system and more typically from Detroit and Newark. I, uh, we have really great, really great partners working very hard to interdict the drugs. We've made uh, cooperative arrangements where the highways meet in Erie and Newcastle and Washington, PA and Johnstown. Yeah. We've advertised our interdiction efforts because there's some deterrence in that. And we're working as hard as we can. The trouble is that it doesn't take any special training to be a drug dealer. All you have to do is have the absence of a heart and a desire to violate the law. Mm. And so when we extinguish one drug organization, others can pop up, which is why prosecuting these cases alone is not the solution. It's equally true that you can't treat your way out of this problem. You can't just treat this problem. So what we need is a comprehensive solution. So here in western Pennsylvania, we've been trying to lead the country through what is a four-step program. We went from prosecuting to working the supply and demand side equally aggressively to co-chairing the National Heroin Task Force last year where we argued for the marriage of public health and public safety so that we could actually catch up to the problem. And in about a month, we're going to announce a project through the University of Pittsburgh and UPMC, which is going to be a community-based demonstration model of how we can, along a continuum of care, foster and promote greater intervention opportunities so that we can actually stop this epidemic as opposed to chasing it. But it sounds like something that, that on, on for, for one of the things I always encourage people who listen to the program to do is, especially if there's an opportunity for you yourself to get involved, one thing it seems like if you are a doctor or you work in a doctor's office, one thing to do is to avoid overprescribing these drugs. And another thing is if you're, a pa- if you're a patient, to try to find out if there are alternatives to one of these drugs. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ask questions. Make sure you know your family history. Talk to the doctor about what you're being offered. The doctors want to help. There's just a small few doctors who are bad. We've put them in jail. We removed their licenses. But most doctors are trying very hard. They haven't until now gotten a lot of training on this, uh-huh. and we're going really hard at that. I've been speaking just tirelessly to doctors and science graduating classes, public health classes, to try and make people understand uh, that this is a real serious problem. We don't have the false choice between removing pain and getting addicted. That's a false choice. We can remove pain intelligently, with caution, with care, and we don't have to bathe and lather the country with 300 million prescriptions. Or someone told me today that last year there were 16 billion opioid tablets consumed in the United States. Why would we, why would we be surprised we have a problem when that's happening? In just like the last uh, 30 or 60 seconds here, do you see any kind of light at the end of the tunnel, or is, the, I do. is it I still do. climbing? Okay. I'm very optimistic. I'm optimistic for three reasons. One is, within a space of five years, through the work that we did through the Human Genome Project and the National Institutes of Health, we're going to have better medicines. We're going to have prescription medicines where it's specifically targeted for the patient. And between now and then, what we have going for us is a great can-do spirit of western Pennsylvania, especially right in the Mon Valley. We've been called upon before to respond. We did the polio vaccine here during the war efforts. We were heroic in our work. I think Western Pennsylvania has been the leader in this area, and I think this report that comes out of the University of Pittsburgh on October 3rd 
is going to tell the world how you can solve this problem. So we're going to keep our eyes peeled for that. Again, if you have an unused uh, prescription for Oxycontin, Oxycodone, uh, fentanyl, or some other opiate or opioid-based prescription that is being unused uh, and you don't know what to do with it, uh, UPMC McKeesport Pharmacy will take it there in the Shaw Building at UPMC McKeesport. Also, McKeesport Prescription Center has signed a letter for the Allegheny County Health Department there at the corner of Versailles and Evans Avenue. They will take it for you. And the Allegheny County Health Department walk-in clinic on Forbes Avenue uh, will dispose of those prescriptions safely. OverdoseFreePA.org is one place you can go for more information, or you can go on YouTube and uh, get the documentary for free called Chasing the Dragon. U.S. Attorney David Hickton is the U.S. Attorney for the Western District of Pennsylvania. He's been our guest this morning. Uh, Attorney Hickton, thank you so much for taking some time to talk with us. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Thank you for your interest in this very, very important topic. And thank you all for listening today to Radio 81 WEDO 1550 WZUM and the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel. WMCK.FM Internet Radio and TubeCityOnline.com. So long for now. You've been listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, copyright 2015, Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Opinions expressed on this program are not those of Tube City Community Media Incorporated, WEDO Radio, 810 Incorporated, or those of AM Guys LLC, WZUM 1550. Listener support makes this program possible. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible contribution or find out how you can underwrite this program, please visit our website at TubeCityOnline.com and click on the donate link. You can also get a free subscription to this program and other podcasts at our website using Apple's iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you've got a question or comment, we hope you'll write to us. Our address is Tube City Community Media Incorporated, P.O. Box 94, the Keysport PA 15134. You can email us at TubeCityTiger at gmail.com or call us at area code 412-614-9659. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online.